comic book pit. Okay. So is, uh, are we all ready to go? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. All right. Welcome to another exciting, scintillating episode of the Comic Book Pit. This is episode 306. I'm Dan. I'm Jim. No, a.k.a. Scott. I, I, I forget that I don't do the Duke thing anymore. <laughs> just feeling nostalgic on Skype. Yeah, man. <laughs> it, and I'm like, the and Jared. I cut off Jared. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm Jared. I'm Jared. <laughs> I was gonna say it's, we're like, already we're we're like two minutes. We're not even two minutes in, and we're already all stepping all over each other. <laughs> this do, this do is do why this? we have to do it live. Yeah, this <laughs> is why we don't Skype anymore. And yeah. been spoiled by the studio. <laughs> That's right. We're spoiled by making <laughs> eye contact with each other <laughs> and, and taking social cues. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, if, if, if you haven't uh, already figured it out, we are not in the uh, amazing Sorgatron Media Studios uh, for this episode. We are all Skyping remotely, uh, which is what we used to do uh, before the technology failed us, but now we're... We're kind of up on a kind of a kind of an upsurge. We're kind of you know or an upswing. So fingers crossed that we don't lose an episode. Um, if you're a new listener to the Comic Book Pit, welcome. Uh, this is our comic review episode. We usually do two types of episodes. We do a comic review episode, and we also do a uh, general conversation. Uh, pop culture, comic-related type of episode, and we usually alternate those. Uh, but like I said, this is our comic review episode, and uh, you know, I guess uh, I'll just get things started because I, um, I've been, I, I just kind of uh, in the last uh, twelve hours, I pretty much gorged myself on Detective Comics, and I feel like I have to get it out. <laughs> Like, right. like if you if, if you eat a meal very fast and it's not sitting well with you and you know it's coming up one way or the other, you know. <laughs> Sounds like a positive review. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, okay, so, so you know, we big issue 1000 is coming up, which is, it's a big deal. I mean, Action Comics did it first uh, last year, and it was a big deal, and I feel like, you know, Batman, you know, it's it's going to be a big deal. Everyone loves Batman, um, so I thought, okay, well, I'm going to um, see what's going on. I was going to look at a couple, maybe you know, one or two issues before 1000, just to kind of get my feet wet. So I go in Comicsology, which is where I predominantly get all my comics now, to find that they're having a big like 
pre-Detective Comics number 1000 sale. Um, basically, I didn't look at everything. I just looked at the, um, the most recent. So the, the new, um, have, they had a sale on the um, issues 994 through 999 for $1.69 each, which is pretty amazing. Uh, and this is a, I don't think I knew this, but this is a new creative, uh, new creative team on the book that started with issue 994. So it's, um, Pete Tomasi, who is no stranger to Batman and on art is Doug Mankey, uh, who's also, I don't, I don't think he, I, I'm actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I, I know he did a lot of Superman back in the day. I don't know if he's done much Batman, now that I'm thinking about it. Or at least, you know, in his own book, he might have, I think Doug Mankey, maybe he did some Justice League stuff. Um, I don't know if he's ever done any, like, solo Batman stuff. Mm -hmm. But I thought, that's a pretty good creative team. I'm really excited to uh, to start reading this. <laughs> and immediately from the from issue 994 um within oh I think it was like I, I have to pull up because it was like I was so surprised um let's see page 1 2 3 by by like the fourth page I'm like Batman would never do that. That's that's ridiculous. Oh. That is that is the dumbest thing for the world's greatest detective to do. And this isn't like, oh, I'm the biggest fan of Batman, and I know everything that Batman would and wouldn't do. No, he, he he's at the scene of a crime. There are two murder victims inside of a giant, uh, like, dolphin tank. They're at, like, the Gotham Aquarium or something. Mm -hmm. And it's him and Gordon. They're standing outside the tank looking at these two bodies and speculating on what happened. And there's a diver who's climbing up this ladder, and he's like, hey, Commissioner, I'm, I'm, I'm getting ready to, to go in to get the bodies. And Commissioner's like, okay, great, thank you. Batman's like, nope, hold on, I got this. He pulls out this like little tiny device, like about the size of a quarter, places it on, on the glass, and explodes the glass. <laughs> like he literally just turned this crime scene into a giant i'm like what are you doing that's well, Batman, this yeah. he doesn't have time he's, he's you know we're in a rush <laughs> like so let's just uh, <laughs> let's just flood the entire crime scene with with water dna is useless okay. <laughs> um yeah so that that kind of soured me <laughs> I just thought, man, that's really dumb. That's just the, that's dumb for anyone to do. Like, I don't care what character it is. Like, no character at like a crime scene would willingly do that unless they were <laughs> purposely trying to destroy evidence. I'm like, you're the world's, you're supposedly the world's greatest detective. Like, why not just come in with like a, a you know, a, just buckets of bleach and just start splashing them around, you know? <laughs> Um, so anyways, uh, I, but I, I, I persevered and I, I read on and it was interesting. Um, basically issues 994 through 999 is, I'm, I'm just going to call it, this is, um, Pete Tomasi's 
version version of Hush, where it's 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 like um it's almost like uh, if you guys remember uh, Jeff Loeb and Jim Lee doing the the Hush storyline. Yeah. It was like a it was like a who's who of Batman. It was like a let's bring out everyone. Like it's just like this is your life, Batman, and you know all the the um, allies and his rogues gallery. I mean, it was like a Batman lover's dream. Yeah. This is, it's got a similar feel where it's like every issue is like jam packed with multiple people from the Batman mythos. Um, And it's like, he's basically, um, you know, what he comes to find in the, you know, starting from the first issue is that somebody is systematically trying to uh, tear Batman apart by going after all of the people that helped him become Batman in the first place. So, uh, like Leslie Tompkins, uh, Alfred, um, Henry Ducard, uh, I, I, they, they kind of like, um, is this his name Deep Cut? Is this what? <laughs> is their name Deep Cut? <laughs> Deep. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it, it, there were, um, yeah, there were some, some, uh, yeah, some really, uh, like you said, some deep cuts, some real, um, uh, just people that you you don't see too often, but that are still part of the the whole overall Batman. Um, you know mythos, yeah, right, and um, right. and then when you get to the the last issue, and I, I'm not even going to spoil it because I feel like it's the the last issue is probably not too old. Um, when you get to the last issue of the story and find out who was behind everything, um, it's just it, it's for me it was the equivalent of just letting a just letting the air out of a balloon. That's what I yeah. From somebody described it to me, I was like, wow, that sounds uh, not good, or maybe not not good, but uh, anticlimactic. Yeah. Yeah, and very just very confusing. I thought this was going to lead into something amazing or mm-hmm. huge or earth shattering that was going to happen in issue one thousand. Yeah. But I guess issue one thousand is going to be similar to Action Comics one thousand, where it's just going to be a bunch of stories from a bunch of different creators and probably a lot of pinups and yeah. a lot know, of like retrospective. Do we know who's doing a thousand and one? Is it still Tomasi? That's a good question. I, I don't know. Cause I couldn't, um, I, w- I was curious who was going to actually take over detective comics, but they didn't really announce anybody. They didn't make a big deal out of it. Whatever, whoever it is. At, at this point, I'm, I'm not super excited for Tomasi to keep going with this, which which really, um, I'm I'm upset about not upset about, but um, but I you know he, he had a great run on um, with Patrick Leeson when they were doing uh, Batman and Robin. Yeah, um, yeah, that was really good. Despite the fact that it was t- it took place during the New Fifty Two, <laughs> that was a really good run of of books. Like I thought he had a really good handle on um, on the characters, but I'm not sure what this was. I'm not sure what he was writing or who he was writing for or what he thinks Batman is now. It was and and and, and maybe I'm just so used to Tom King. 
Tom King's style of writing Batman, where Batman is very, um, he's he's really a man of few words. Yeah. And in this one, Batman was just a regular chatty Cathy. <laughs> and, and not only that, but his his style of speaking was very, uh, like almost like Silver Agey. He was like, uh. he he was like, you vile venomous thug, or you know, I mean, he <laughs> yeah, was just so it's, yeah, Adam West. Yeah, the way he was talking was very um, seemed out of character, at least for the kind of the current incarnation. Like, yeah, like the the Tom King version. Um, and and you know, and I I'll be straight with you. I'm not these days. I'm not a hundred percent on board the Tom King train either. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but that's a whole other other story with him and and his version of Batman. Um, but I'm I'm getting close to uh, you know I'm making a decision on that. Just to throw that note in there, Tom Tomasi is still listed for uh, one thousand okay. points. Yeah. Interesting. That's a that's a weird choice. It's like they're kind of like, eh, Batman's not that you know whatever. <laughs> so we keep well, it going. And and the other, and I'll I'll just throw in one other. Um. Uh, one other thing that was slightly disappointing was the art. Now I'm usually I'm a big fan of, of Doug Doug Monkey. Mankey, I don't know. I, I, I don't want to sound like I'm calling. I, I don't want to. I don't want it to sound like I'm saying his last name is Monkey. But <laughs> I don't know if it's Mankey or anyway. Um, I'm a big fan of his his artwork. I I have been ever since he was doing um, that. Uh, remember when he he did X for Dark Horse? Um, oh yeah. Like way back in the day. Like I I've I've enjoyed his art for for years upon years. Um. I I really understand now, uh, or at least it's very evident in, in this book, <clears throat> um, the power of a good anchor. Uh, I mean, I've yeah. I've known that you know f- for years, but this is the first time it really, really for me um, hit home because the his anchor on this book um, made his artwork look um, not quite like. His artwork. He looked more like Leno Francis Hugh. Like mm. it was. It had that real. Uh, it has a real like scratchy. Um, right. And and but not overly cross hatched like say like a Scott Williams, but like a real loose, thin line. Just like looks, it looks like he. Yeah. I'm looking like, at the cover of 994. I I totally see, like what might might seem subtle. Uh, mm-hmm. He puts these really hard inclines on, and it makes it that you know instead of a uh, like up in his face, like just in Batman's jaw, there's like all these extra lines that are kind of indicate you know some depth or something. Yeah. But, uh, but they're such hard lines, like they're really thick that it's like mm, yeah. Well, it, it just looks. I mean, everything is just so scratchy. It just makes it yeah. really unappealing and. There's one, um, I think it was nine nine ninety eight, the very last page. Yes, is um, is like a child version of Batman who's like sitting in this chair, and it, he's supposed to look like he's wearing you know like a you know like when a kid puts on his you know his parents' clothes and it's all droopy and wrinkly and 
and it's hanging off them. Well, his wrinkles just literally look like he just took his pen and just scratched all, like, just, like, wiggled all over it like he was doodling. Like, it just looks like a, like an incoherent line. I'll have to take a screen, uh, screen grab and send it to you guys so you know what I'm talking about, but it's, it's, uh, yeah, disappointing to say the least. Like I said, I'm I'm a, I'm a usually a huge fan of his art, but his inker did not do him any favors. So, um, this, in a sense, was was kind of a waste because it really does nothing to get you ready for issue 1000. Like the um, 999, just it, it the the storyline wraps up. With you know, like the you know, with the end of nine ninety nine, so there's nothing that leads into one thousand. Mm. So I can't even really uh, recommend this unless you know you're a huge you know bat fan and you want to you know have some sense of continuity with your reading and you know feel like you're going into one thousand with you know with those issues, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sounds like you really don't need to. It sounds like it's going to be just some weird celebratory, you know, all these various writers. Yeah, that's that's what I'm guessing it's going to be. Fine. I don't know. I don't – I'm not a fan of that kind of stuff. I'm always like, oh, you want like $10 for a bunch of three-page stories? Nah. Yeah, I was, I, I was um, you know, really – like when I, I got Action Comics 1000, but – it was just okay. Yeah. You know, I, I I mostly got it because it was for me it was like a a piece of yeah, history. Yeah, exactly. Um you know, just because Because it's the first time Bendis wrote a DC comic. <laughs> <laughs> sure it is. Uh technically that's not true. Oh, okay. Um he did a he did an issue of the Batman Chronicles um he did like a five or six page story. It was like, I don't know if you remember the bat, I think it was called the Batman Chronicles. Yeah, it was like, it was like an, it's like an anthology book. Okay. And he, he did a, um, he did like a five or six page story with, um, Oh, uh, Michael Gatos. Oh, all right. Okay. So that would have been around the time that he, they were doing alias. Oh so. yeah. That's, I sent you guys that picture, so if you guys, I don't know if you. I saw it. It's weird. Yeah, isn't it weird? It doesn't look like just like like a kid just got a hold of his pen and was like, "Hey, I'm co- I'm gonna color on Daddy's picture." It, that's huh? exactly <laughs> what it looks Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's not like those are not. It, it looks like he drew over it after it was colored. Oh. Hmm. But it just looks like. Uh, just a mess. It's an odd choice. Yeah, it's it's just it just strikes me as lazy or sloppy. I I don't know the right. I don't know my feelings right now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't I know just... if it's the desire there is to go for an effect and it's an experiment that didn't quite stick the landing. I'm not sure, but it's it's a very odd decision. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know what would version of, of his life thing we're deciding on. I'll go Mom. I think I've heard that. Maybe it's Mom. Maybe you say that you maybe you know. But he did Superman before this, and he's not been my favorite artist, but 
there was not odd decisions like this being made. Well, it, it, it's um, so the the anchors is um, cre- credited as Jamie Mendoza, mm. and I'm not familiar with with his work, but I but I can tell you that you know I, I just feel like his his style probably would suit a different artist better. I think um, Monkey's um, work uh, deserves like a thicker, bolder. Uh, ink, you know, a thicker, bolder line for his style of penciling. So that's uh, that's my unfortunate review of <laughs> Detective <laughs> Comics nine ninety four through nine ninety nine. An unfortunate review. Yes. Uh, just just looking at that, it doesn't even look like it's a kid. Really, it just kind of looks like it's a tiny Batman. Right. Like mm-hmm. the cow fits. Oh, it's like almost perfectly like fits his head. And the rest of them is just tiny. Yeah, and it just once again goes to show you that, like, you know, there are some artists that can draw kids and some that yeah, oh yeah, just don't even try, or they, <laughs> you know, or they, or, or or worse yet, they they, they pull a John Romita Jr. and just make them look like a bobblehead. Yep. <laughs> that you can criticize that look, but I, I I've always enjoyed it. I mean it. it <laughs> It's very uh, anime-ish feeling, like that style of like, you know, super deformed looking. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I kind of, I've also kind of liked John Romita Jr.'s children, even though they look awful. It's like a weird <laughs> aesthetic to it. It just looks like he he attached like a an air compressor to the to the base <laughs> of their skull and just like just inflated their heads. Yeah. Oh boy. Anyway, so who's next? <laughs> I got that off my chest. I feel really good. Wow. <laughs> uh, I could talk about something completely different. Please do. <laughs> yeah. The uh, Sharky, the Bounty Hunter, number one. Um, did you guys look at this at all? Are you familiar? No. No. It, no. I. Okay. How's this? I heard of it, but Sharky or Sharpy? <laughs> Sharky. With Sharky. A okay. Yeah, with a K. Um, Sharpie would be interesting, though. That would be <laughs> That's the anchor that he needs. No. Um, Sh- Sharpie the bounty hunter. His yeah. kills are permanent. <laughs> nice. fade over time, though. Nice. <laughs> with the second series, The Fine Point. Yeah. The Fine Point. Um, all right, so this is the new Mark Miller book um, with uh, artist uh, Simone uh, Bianchi. Okay, yep. Is that how oh, yeah. Simone Bianchi? Bianchi. Bianchi? Mm-hmm. Uh, right off the bat, like, the art is top-notch. <laughs> like, it's... In fact, I'm going to say it right now. This is, like, the quick the quick and dirty review. The art is better than the story. Like, right off the board. Mm. Um, but it's it's very it's a very unique concept for uh, Mark Miller. Maybe not unique for comic books, but... um. Uh, basically, we have um, kind of like a Star Wars setting. Uh, it's like a, in space, and this guy is a bounty hunter, and he kind of, kind of is like he is from the seventies, but a, but a you know like an early seventies uh, movie, you know like a Burt Re- young Burt Reynolds kind of character. 
Okay. Um, um, very good with the ladies, you know, and, and, you know, he's good at his bounty hunting, you know, it's like, it's the whole, yeah, uh, it's, it's kind of what he's dishing up. He's like, I'm going to give you, uh, you know, some 1970s early movies nostalgia with this one. Um, but the art is, uh, you know, every page is full of, uh, details, you know, background characters, aliens everywhere. Um, it's, and uh, it's it's a fun read. It's um, uh, I'm trying to think like if there was any really big hook at the end here, but uh, I don't think I think he was more going for yeah. It, the hook's not really remember you know really a rememberable kind of hook. Um, just to set up the bad guy, really. That's all it all it really comes down to. It's a, it's sort of the, um, you know, here's this badass bounty hunter guy, here's a bigger badass, you know, ass, <laughs> you know, uh, to battle him. So I think he's, uh, you know, it's, like I say, you know, you you, you, end, you buy the book for the Mark Miller, you stay for the, for the Simone uh, artwork. Um, yeah, he's good. Yeah. Yeah, it's and it's got like, um, it's almost got like a heavy metal style, uh, which you don't, which you, I, I really don't think I see too much in comic books personally. Um, yeah, not usually. But it's got that, but it's got a really good, uh, you know, crazy alien cast, which is really nice. Uh, oh, that's oh, that's right, the heart of gold thing. Um, so the dude's like, he's like, hey, I'm badass bounty hunter. But I'm gonna help this kid out, and that's yeah. kind of the that's kind of the hook. Um, so he's like, you know, he's got the soft spot. So it's like, all right. But if if I if I'm going to guess correctly on this one, um, Mark Miller is gonna have this go out for six issues. Um, there'll be some hijinks, and it'll wrap up nice and neat at the end. Um, and, but, and then get auctioned for a TV show. Exactly. Or a movie. And then yeah, added to the uh, yeah the Netflix. Uh, agenda, you know, as they uh, continue to move Marvel properties off their lot. This is yeah. why we don't get Punisher season. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so Mark Miller is just basically the, the audience is his filler, feelers. Um, he, he runs these uh, kind of stories and sees what sticks. Um, but it's a fun read for sure. And and like I say, the art is, the art is worth the uh, price of admission. So... Um, so I, I'd recommend it, and I think got an awesome cover. They, um, the thing about the Miller books is he does he does a ton of variant covers, which all seem to be like commons. So you go into the store and you just pick one. This mm-hmm. one has like a it has like a blue line to pencil edition, and oh, it's neat, awesome. Yeah, um, there's it looks like there's just the start of inking on it, but it's it's like such a cool. You know, when, when uh, an artist can show that build, um, it's just one of them covers that I like. I, I stare at it and, like, try to figure out, you know, um, how their brain works. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, um, yeah, I, I say check it out. Flip through it on the stands, if nothing else. So. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure all of our uh, retailer friends thank you. Yeah, <laughs> you know, hey. hey. 
you know, um, yeah, re- loiter, read it. <laughs> please loiter in the comic shops. You know, just, they love just that. just um, grab it and s- read, pop a squat on the thing. floor. Yep. Yeah. Um, <laughs> take take Don't a sandwich with you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, or hey, put it on my pull list, but I can't get it this week. So. Yeah. <laughs> Never pick it up. Yeah, those guys. Yeah. <laughs> These are uh, comic book pit life hacks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Have a pull list that pulls everything, and then just buy the books you want. You know, that's how you guarantee. You, you'll be loved everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all right. My next? Right, who, I'm gonna next. Yeah, go for it. Okay. I uh, I have some thoughts on the Flash hundred page comic giant from Walmart. Ooh. Yes. Really got so, Did anybody else look at this? Um, I have no. I mean. Uh, I, I picked it up. I haven't read it yet, but as uh, okay. as is the case with all the hundred page giants that I've been buying from Walmart. Them. <laughs> I am. Yeah. I just don't want anyone else to have them. I don't, you know, I appreciate the uh, the spirit behind that little upstart that is Walmart, and I don't want to see that thing get <laughs> snuffed out. So you know, I'm going to kick a dollars to keep them afloat. So they, uh, ready to go. Um, you know, I have the I of all the hundred page giants I've bought, I've yet there's one. A few that I've read all 100 pages. I'm pretty much paying five dollars for a 12-page story. But <laughs> so I picked this one, the Flash one, up because it's Flash. I enjoy the TV show, and I figured, I, and the art looked cool, so I figured I'd give it a go. It's written by Gail Simone. She's no slouch. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, story-wise, it's fine. Art-wise, it's fine. It's very both what you expect. Um, it's some part about if someone's making each one of those little chests. She's never reinvented the other. It's it's fine, it's serviceable. What is on my here is I was in the impression these stories were set within like established continuity. Yeah. In this particular flashboard, he meets for the first time a uh, race and Iris West. Or, yeah, Iris West. Yeah, Iris West. Oh, okay. So whatever. So they made Iris look like Iris from the the show. That that whatever. That's not, that doesn't really bother me. That's not what bothers me. What I found odd is that they're, they're reinventing the wheel. Yeah. And especially considering the story in this issue is like from the two where he already has Iris as well. So if you go to both like like that, like you have them in your head. Except they're saying whatever. I mean, yeah. I, I get it. You want to make a fucking new show. That doesn't bother me at all. What was odd though is like, this is like their first meeting. There's no, nothing like, hey, this is back in the day or what have you. It feels like it's like established in the here and now. And then like, another character is kind of like a proxy for Joe West. And it's like some old like, white dude. I was like, I knew you have a proxy. He's like, you gotta do this. That's just weird. Joe West. Don't make some like old white Just make it Joe West. You know, if you want yeah, to, yeah, just do it. But it isn't um wasn't Kid Flash the West Black in New Fifty Two? Yeah, that was yeah that was and then they dressed up the DC Rebirth. This okay. Jeff Johns is I don't know I, I don't. I'm a kind of neutral on Jeff Johns, but I do my. I guess I have one criticism: it's he thinks way too hard to make things make sense. <laughs> and that was and that was an example where like that Wally or Wallace or whatever they call him. Yeah. I don't want to call him Wally. We'll just call him that Wally. <laughs> that Wally was like upset because we moved like on the other side of West family. Oh, okay. Who also happened to be named Wally, 
Yeah. And you also happen to be endowed with powers from the speed force. So, I mean, the easy the whole rebirth is just the direct answer of, hey, yes, blow it off. Like, yeah, it's a volley from a tree. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Not this whole, like, wow, do you remember the uh, Rhonda West? <laughs> well, well, is this also the happens to be maybe an Iris West that is uh, his you know, cousin twice removed or something? That could be. They're just like <laughs> some weird schism in the West family where they they got interracial marriages and they just decided the name. Yeah, like they, one half of the West family like super racist, the other half super progressive. Well, yeah. How far how far back does this family go? Like, did they a plantation or something? So they like, stick it to the racist side. They just named all their kids like after the white ones and just like really just. They're all like, I don't know. Yeah, well, we were we were talking about um, Jenny Hex, and yeah. how she's in one of the Batman books. Dan was saying, yeah, yeah, that she was introduced in that. In the so, so like, yeah, some kind of continuity. Yeah. Well, okay, so I, I here's the way I took it. So when when this whole line came out, my understanding was that there was going to be, you know, that that the whole was there's going to be original content. Maybe, they, maybe that's as far as it went, and they were like, we're going to leave it up to each creator whether or not it's going to be in or out mm-hmm. of continuity. Because, I mean, like, like I said, clearly, uh, you know, Bendis creates Ginny Hex in the pages of, of Batman and then transports her over to Young Justice. But then, you know, the Flash gets a mixed race, Iris West, and then there's another, you know, story right after where you have a a white iris west so um yeah I, I i feel like they're just giving each creator like you know like here this is your you know th- this is your canvas go create but make sure it's original that's the only thing i can think of i don't like you dan yeah i mean it's weird <laughs> i'm not saying it's straight i'm just saying i, I yeah no I, you know what i i, I, I do I, I agree. in the same issue <laughs> it's literally the next story is, is like so that Francis Manipal Flash, which had Iris West in it. Oh, so it's the door. Yeah, someone oh. is weird. It's us. We're at your front door. <laughs> it's now a live show, so we can get these verbal cues. <laughs> I don't know. It's right. It's right outside my office, though. Alright, well, if someone else take over, I'll mute this. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Well, yeah, Mike, sure. Um, I'm going to talk about uh, Grant Morrison's uh, Green Lantern again. Because um, I was still kind of... I've been waiting for this Morrison shoe to drop for like five issues now. And the first issue was a little weird, and I wasn't sure if they were going to go full weird. Um but they really haven't, and it's kind of awesome. Uh, it's just Grant Morrison doing weird space shit. Like, it still has that Morrison vibe of being like, okay, you're kooky, and you're Grant Morrison, and this is a little weird. But it's all, like, Silver Age stuff. So you'll get, like, mm-hmm. Green Lanterns with, like, volcano heads, and, like, all the different aliens have weird ways of talking, or weird gimmicks. Um, but the, the particular thing that's going on right now is that... Um, he is trying to. I'm gonna. I can't remember the stupid name of this group now. 
the okay, yeah. He's trying to join the Black Stars right now. Um or infiltrate them. Oh okay. Uh, to you know, they're up to no good or whatever. And so he uh you know, pretended to break bad uh with the lanterns that the the guardians sort of like orchestrated this whole thing where he may or may not have uh killed somebody in his custody that was a criminal. Um and so he's kind of on the run, and he's now uh, joining the uh, the Black Stars. Uh, but the cool thing about this issue, and I'm going to try to make use of this Skype feature, uh, so everybody hold on. Let's see if this will drop. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, come on. I thought I could just drag and drop it, but apparently I cannot. That would yeah, be so easy. I, I figured, you know. All right, it's on my desktop, and now. Okay, there we go. Can you guys see that? The art on this. I just I put I sent it through Skype. Did it pop up uh, or do anything? No. 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 Sweet. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well then. It didn't spend. Technology is awesome. Yeah. All right. I'll just we'll just Technology rely on awesome. on Facebook here. Oh, there it is. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, it's a, okay. Perfect. Oh, right. yep. All there right. it is. I guess there was an upload time. Okay. Yeah. So the artwork is all in um this kind of you know gothic horror sort of thing because he's on like the planet of the vampires or whatever, and every page is sort of laid out this way in this like weird kind of like old school EC comics looking layouts yeah. like oh, yeah. gothy horror stuff and uh i ate that up like it, it's uh i think it was all liam sharp um who i was kind of not feeling on the first issue but uh i guess that was just because that was all like on earth because all his space stuff's been amazing uh but yeah this kind of stuff really sold me on it and he the whole like uh greek mythology sort of like the, all these various trials that he's going on to uh become a, a black star and um, some of the thing it, it's very, uh, you know, Luke Skywalker in the cave, confront your own self, blah, 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 kind of stuff. Um, but, yeah, no, it's been really cool. Uh, yeah. I'm particularly and, fond of the lettering on the yes. sound effects for the bell. Yeah. It's got a very, like, old-timey um, classic. Yeah, yeah. Th- th- this is, like, it, it reads a lot like a, kind of like a weird Silver Age book, which isn't a surprise for, you know, Grant Morrison. <laughs> You're ringing off the hook of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, bong, bong. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, no, uh, but, yeah, I've really enjoyed this. Uh, I, I think I've, I've put it on my subscription list, which was scary to do, because it's Grant Morrison, and you know you're not sure mm-hmm. what you're gonna get. But uh, that's true. Yeah, I, I I can fully endorse this at least until issue six happens and it gets psychedelic or something. You know. <laughs> well, I just saw the cover to uh, issue six, and it looks like uh, uh, Adam Strange is gonna be in it. So yes, I'm like, I'm yeah. in for that. Yeah. The um this this issue ends with a sort of like the Black Stars have um. They found or kidnapped or caught Adam Strange, and they're like, "Well, you need to prove yourself, and now you have to kill Adam Strange." And then you know that's a cliffhanger. So, <laughs> yeah. It's, 
you know, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, real, and I'm like, looking at this. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was saying, it's got real, like, you talk about the classic old-timey comics. It's not like that old, like that Hollywood, like, DC look. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, I was just going to say that the, the cover to Green Lantern number five, it's, uh, it, it's got a, at least, um, Hal has a real, uh, like an Alan Davis vibe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he's also, he's less, um, what, what was it, like the first issue? I think it was the cover where he just looked ridiculously huge. Yeah. That, oh, yeah, That yeah, hasn't yeah. happened. Was, yeah. That hasn't popped up anymore. So, uh, that was a fluke. He's not on roids or anything. <laughs> I would say that maybe this issue, this could be the issue that, like, Liam Sharp, like, found his stride. Like, that, not to say that his the first issues were mm-hmm. bad. But I feel like, you know, I'm looking through these pages and I'm like, damn, this is some, I, I feel like this guy was, he, he could easily be, you know, after this run, he could find himself as like one of the top five or top 10, like Green Lantern artists. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Just because his, his ability to draw aliens and like creatively, yeah. not just like, oh, it's a big headed alien with big eyes who's green or gray. It's like, it, it's just, ins- I mean, insane. Like, and these. Yeah, he's been doing like a lot of good monstery alien designs and stuff. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at the page where he's, how is uh, like, wading through what looks like a, like, almost like a like a like a yeah, river of blood, blood or something or like a lake yep. of blood, yeah. and just just the walls on either side of him are so, um, just so detailed and they look like they just at any point could just reach out and mm-hmm. grab him. Yeah, no, it's, it's fantastic. Yeah. I've definitely like I, I I've actually forgot about this book or not this book this issue. I I have been reading up to this point, so I just actually put it in my uh, I just picked it up off Comicsology. I got so you. Yeah, I'm a, I'm gonna read it when we're fantastic. done. Fantastic. Yeah, it's uh there's this one page later on where he it's like um there's like a zombie brides coming out of like the blood sea and there's this like skeleton knight on a freaking horse. It's like it's ridiculous. It looks awesome. It's very just, you know, straight up like gothic. Mm-hmm. Which is not something I would have ever expected to see in a Green Lantern book, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, it it really is. I mean, it's yeah, this is this is like next level mm-hmm. stuff. So yeah, definitely check that out. Nice. Cool, cool, cool. cool. Um, so, uh, keeping on the, I'm going to keep on the, the DC comics train for a minute. Um, to my, <laughs> to my surprise, I'm still, uh, I'm still reading, uh, Superman action comics. Um, I've never really been like a huge reader of either. I, I mean, I've, I've, you know, popped in and out from over the years, but, um, you know, like clearly with with Bendis going to DC and taking up Superman, it's definitely interesting. Um, so, Action Comics number one thousand and eight, um, at least for me, like again, I'm not super steeped in Superman lore, but um, this this issue was really interesting to me because it it, it we're, we're seeing um, a side of the DC universe that you only see. Um, 
once in a while from the individual perspectives of the different spy organizations or the different um, covert organizations like the DEO, um, Argus, things like that. And this, uh, in this issue, we, we find out that um, Leviathan, which was, I think was first introduced in Batman Incorporated, is systematically taking out all of the DC Universe's uh, like uh, clandestine organizations. Oh yeah, and uh, so it's, it's like pretty cool because it's like, what's that? Be like an organization, Leviathan. Leviathan? Yeah, that's Batman yes. Incorporated did that. That's a Morrison thing. Okay. Yeah. And I think, um, wasn't Talia yeah. Al Ghul yeah, part I of that? So. Like, she had something to do with mm-hmm. it. Um, and, and it kind of, you know, I, I kind of forgot about Leviathan. It kind of ended when Batman Incorporated yeah, did. Yeah, Leviathan popped up uh, in the New 52 when Batman Incorporated was still throwing back to, like, before New 52. It was almost it was yeah, weird. Th- yeah, you're, you're, I forgot about that. There was this weird, like, kind of overlap between pre-New 52 and New 52. But I think I think DC was just like, well, look, we got to let um, we got to let Morrison finish his Batman Incorporated yeah. yep. run. He's he, Grant Morrison. Yeah. Well, not only that, but, I mean, he started this great run, this great storyline with Leviathan, and then it was like, it looked like he wasn't going to get a chance to end it, but um, they gave him like a, it was like an 80 page giant or something to finish everything off. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Um, so yeah. So we, um, so Leviathan is popping up in the pages of, of action comics. And I'm like, that's pretty cool. It's, it, you know, cause now we're, we're getting, um, you know, we're, we're seeing characters that are, you know, like in, in Marvel, we get, you know, we're used to seeing like Nick Fury, Maria yeah. Hill, like, you know, but in, in DC, I feel like we don't get a lot of that, um, aside from like Amanda Waller. But apparently, like, um, Lois Lane's dad is, um, I think he's part of Argus, um, and he meets up with Amanda Waller, and they figure out that they've been set up to take them both mm-hmm. out. Um, we get, uh, we see a, a, there's a scene with, um, what's his name? Uh, Mr. Bones. Oh, wow. Yeah, or who, yeah, who's, yeah, the, yeah. who's, he, he, he's the, he's the director of the DEO. Yep. And, um, he, uh, it's kind of funny because, um, Adam Strange shows up at the DEO basically for a job interview <laughs> and he's about to get offered a job at the DEO when this, the, creature that's been taking out all these uh, spy organizations or all these government organizations shows up and um, you know luckily Adam Strange was there he he was able to rescue a handful of people but basically um, you know the entire DEO was just decimated mm-hmm. and there's no one left except you know Bones and a handful of other people and, and Adam Strange and Adam Strange is he's really He's getting a lot of play these days. Apparently, like, Bendis loves him, and now we're going to see him in Green Lantern next yeah. month. Anyway, um, 
but it, I just think this is kind of a cool turn of events for you know to a, a story to see in a, in a Superman. Yeah, book. yeah, you don't, yeah. You like, I, I feel like you you might find this in like Batman easily. Batman, Nightwing, you know, someone who's a little bit more street level. Did you guys um, know that Mister Bones is a Tom McFarlane character? That doesn't uh, surprise yeah. me, but I didn't know that. Uh, He's from the from the old uh, inf- yes, uh, right, Infinity. Infinity Infinity Inc. days. Yes. Oh wow! So Tom McFarlane is listed as one because I've seen Mr. Bone. He was in um, Supergirl comics because of the D connection. Yeah, and I was never quite. Does he have translucent skin or is he just a skeleton? I couldn't quite figure that out. I think he's just a skeleton. Yeah, a cigar smoke like. skeleton. Yeah. And they just like yeah, they're he's, just totally he's, like oh it's fine he just runs an or you know it's, he's legit he's just a skeleton. Like, he's nobody, not real. We can show yep. him. Yeah. <laughs> well, like nobody ever really questions the DEO is like a an evil organization despite there being like a black skeleton like you yeah. know. <laughs> I don't want st- you know, to yeah. stereotype skeletons or anything, but. Yeah, we're not saying that he's a black skeleton. We're just saying that he's a Wait, black well, skeleton. What if what if Mr. Bones' real last name is West? Yeah. Oh. And then there's another like Mr. Bones West. <laughs> white. Mr. Bones white West. Skeleton. <laughs> uh, oh, terrible. West family reunions are the most awkward gatherings. I tell you what, I would not, I would not want to go to one of those. It'd be more awkward than a Medea family reunion. <laughs> Kyle Euler's, man. Oh. <laughs> well, this is real quickly. And I was like, <laughs> what I was saying was it was a Tom Crowley. No, I think it was cool that acting comic. Um, you're right, because that's a world that. It, Bendis is doing like his thing with the DC comic. Yeah. I would say he's like Marvelizing it. What he did with the Marvel characters, he's doing with the DC storylines. Um, and this was. Issue two that had that scene with Lois and Sam Wayne, right? Um, that was the, the previous, previous issue, issue, but I, I forgot about that. That actually, that really bothered me. That she spilled the beans? Yeah, that she told her dad uh, Clark's secret. Oh, yeah. Because that's that's not her secret to tell. Yeah. And it, 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 I think in this issue... She was about to tell him, tell Clark that she told her dad his secret, but they got interrupted. So I'm I'm waiting to see what the fallout of that's going to be because I can't imagine he's going to be very happy. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be. I felt like that was kind of a dick move on her part. Yeah, yeah. Cause the, the motivation behind it wasn't really. The lead up to the regarding the motivation wasn't really there. I mean, you see, I think it's in this issue where with Amanda Waller, he conveys there that he's had like a change of heart when it comes to the superheroes. Yeah, and I think he was like taking a swig from a flask too. So I wonder if he's he's still trying to yeah. process it with booze. <laughs> I like how Amanda Waller called it Superman and his amazing friends. I appreciated that little. Oh yeah, that was funny. Throwaway. So I. You know this with that last issue and this issue, I'm I'm coming to the realization. I and, and maybe it's maybe it's just me. Maybe it's personal. Maybe or maybe he hasn't fully found her voice yet. But 
I don't know if I'm a fan of how he's writing Lois. Well, that um, Lois is going to get her own book, apparently. Um, yes. And that writer will have a much better voice, I imagine. Because uh, I forget who's uh, writing her. Greg Rucka. Oh, okay. Oh, oh yeah. Okay, definitely. Oh yeah, because Matt Fraction yes. is writing the Jimmy Olsen book. Yeah, I'm book. excited for both of those. Yeah, right. Matt Fraction like comes yeah, you out didn't hear about that. Of uh, you know, sex criminals to uh, write Jimmy Olsen. <laughs> you know, without context, that sounds kind of awesome. Comes out of his cave of sex criminals. <laughs> So, so, hold on a second. So, this is breaking news for me. So yeah. A Lois Lane comic and a Jimmy Olsen comic. Yep. Wow. Yes, sir. Yeah, it's, apparently, it's going to be tied to this Leviathan thing, but I think they're going to be ongoings as well. I certainly hope so, with, with talent like that. I mean, that was the idea that this is like Superman's wife, Lois Lane, and this is like Superman's friend. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, sort of. They've yeah. embrace that spirit. I hope so. Jimmy Olsen book. Live and breathe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna. I'm, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic. Who's oh, I don't remember off the top of my head. I'm, I'm furiously searching Google now for news about. Right. <laughs> Steve Lieber. I don't know who that is. Oh, he's um. Oh, he's awesome. Yeah, he did. Uh, Superior he did. Superior Foes of Spider Man and. He did okay. the, the fix, fix and underground with Jeff Parker. He does. He's got a real like a kind of a like a low key yeah. style, like a like a like a real world style. Yeah, he's also really good with humor, um, uh, like visual humor. Yes. And he sent me a piece of original oh, art. Oh wow! Yeah, I think he. I think the uh, Phantom also has a piece of art as well. From he just sent art. Yeah, yeah, I think he. Well, well, he used to be. Uh, I don't. I'm kind of talking out of my butt here, but I think he used to be local to Pittsburgh. I, I, he lives in Oregon now. Yeah. Or like the Pacific Northwest, but I'm pretty sure he's got roots. Yeah, that sounds familiar. In, in Pittsburgh. Yeah, he does. And when I um, back when I worked f- um, at the at the um, New Dimension Comics store, when I was like an you know like a hourly yep. guy there, and we did weekly picks, um, I made the first issue of the Fix my pick of the week, and and I, um, <clears throat> you know, we posted it and I hashtagged it and, uh, you know, tagged him in it. And, you know, he saw it and he, he, you know, liked it and retweeted it or whatever. And like three weeks later, I get a message from, from the manager, from Chip, the manager at, at us at the store. And he's like, you got a piece of mail from Steve Lieber. <laughs> and I'm like, what? <laughs> and, and, and I show up to the store and it's like a, a a hand-drawn postcard that actually I put in a frame, but he, it's the two main characters from the fix plus the beagle yeah. pre- pretzels, the, the drug sniffing <laughs> beagle. And he, it's, he thanking me for making the fix, the pick of the week. Wow. Nice. Yeah. I was like, that is pretty yeah. freaking cool. So he's, he, he's always got a, you know, I'll, I'll always be a fan of him. But I'm looking at his artwork now. Yeah, Q. Yeah, the white the out comic. He he did the white out. Yeah. Oh, yep. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. I forgot about that. That was a while ago, yeah. but yeah, it was really good. 
I'm so, excited for this comic. I hope they call it like nice. Superman's friend or whatever. What, what, what was that one called? Pal. It's Superman's pal. pal. Superman's yep. pal. Okay. Yeah. Jimmy Olsen. Yep. <laughs> Alright, um, so I've, we've got a little bit more time. Anyone want to do any uh, do any more before we I wrap it up? I, uh, yes, sir. Um, bought a comic online from this cartoonist I found on Instagram named uh, Matthew Allison, and the comic's called Kanker, C-A-N-K-O-R, and it's really tough to describe other than just like pure imagination. Like it really takes advantage of being like a printed comic. Like it's just it's so cool the way, even just like the way it smells and the ink lays on the page, and it's just I can't describe the story because it's just like a stream of consciousness type story. But it's sort of like a bit of slice of life with a bit of like cosmic superhero type action to it, and it's it's very bizarre. It's very cute. And it just, like I said, it was a really good, like, thing to look at. Like, I had it sitting here next to my desk, like, when I'm working during the day, I would just, like, pull out and just, like, look at it. I didn't need, you don't need to read it. Like, it's not that wordy. There's, like, an introduction where it's, like, I don't know, it's, like, the, the artist goes to a punk show, and then, like, the, the character shows up, and then it, like, morphs into, like, this fantasy-type world, and it's just these stunning graphics and just this bizarre, like, wordless story. And it's just so beautiful and weird. And it's fun to look at. And it goes from, like, it starts out in black and white, and it goes to color and the way, like, everything about it just really embraces, like, what makes, like, a comic book you could hold in your hands, like, cool. And, mm-hmm. uh, like, it's, it's very well done. Yeah, um, I actually, I, I found his site, and, uh, He's on Instagram too. Under under Kanker C A N K O R. Yeah. Oh, he did. He does this. Uh, if if you go on his site, he he did a uh, this alternate cover for. Um, oh my gosh, this is awesome. He did a uh, for that Black Mask book, um, Space Riders. He did a cover. It's uh, like a Starenko. Yes. Uh, homage but uh yeah his wow yeah his art is very very visceral yes that's a good like, word it's one of those things like it's almost it's a little disturbing to look at but but at the same time you you really appreciate it for you know the the artistry yeah. it's when you look at like like on a backlit screen like the colors are a little more vibrant than on the page, which I don't really feel like that's news or anything. But like on the actual mm-hmm. page, they're they're more powerful. Um, like I'm looking at like a page on my phone here, and then I'm looking at the exact same page on the book, and it's it's distinctly brighter on the screen, but it it just sets the mood so much more, uh, so much better. Words, uh, looking mm-hmm. at it as an actual like comic book page. Like, uh, there's something more to the, the tone that's than, like, 
versus like on a screen and what I see on the page. I like the the actual tangible book more. And actually, even even like the way it smells, like it just, hmm. it's very cool. Uh, it's just like a comic you just want to like have out and just keep like flipping through, just looking at, and just admire. Yeah, well, I'm, well, thank you for bringing that to yes. to my attention. I, I definitely want to want to look at it, look more at his uh, his stuff. It's really it's really fascinating. I believe there's like this this canker calamity of challenge number one that I bought. I believe there's going to be like a collect edition coming out later in the year. Of like it was like a four issue mini series, evidently, and so I believe that's going to be collected sometime this year. Yeah, because it looks like the f- it, it it came out. Oh, did it come out a while ago? Because when I first two, three years yeah, because I I found a review from like 2016. Yes, I thought maybe I I was looking at the wrong. I thought well, there certainly there can't be two comics out there called <laughs> Canker. Oh yeah. <laughs> like this has got to be it. Yeah, yeah, from 2016. Oh, and well, issue three is sold yeah, out apparently. But fear not, there okay. will be a. You will have your chance. Okay, yeah, I definitely uh, look oh, out for that one. That looks pretty cool. Jim Rugg on the on the oh. uh, listing for issue four. Huh. Mm-hmm. Friend of the show. That he is. Oh yeah, Kanker plays out like Frank quietly teaming up with Michael DeForge. And the next pull cool quotes from Mike Allred. So. Mm-hmm. There you go. It's funny because it, when it says in the tradition of the Flex Mentalo Madman and Jim Woodring's Manhog stories, um, I I was about to say like there I, there's like some glimpses of Madman yeah. in, the, in in some of those pages, yeah. but I could but I couldn't I couldn't figure out what like what made me think of it, so I didn't say anything. But I'm I'm glad. That kind of validated my yeah, thoughts it, because it's at a genetic level. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, it was something very cool. Come across and was cool and wanted to share. There. I'm glad you did. That's uh, yeah. It's, it's always fun to find something new it, like that. It's particularly exciting to get it in the mail. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. it just like shows up. Number up one day, and you just you know, there's just that excitement of of going out to the porch, and, and there it is, and then popping it open, and, and I just had it sitting here for the longest time, and I would just glance through it again and again. Cool. Well, um, Duke, you said you had um yeah. a, a, another uh, book that was like a uh. uh like a self-published book, or, yeah. is it, or was it? You said it was a, like an indie book. Yeah, um, uh, that one is Wolfborn, which is uh, a friend of mine from from the Comic Con. So I don't know if you guys know him, but his name's Brian Middleton Jr. Um, he always sets up at like Steel City Con. He always has prints, and he's always basically. If it was Mirror Universe, he's like a he's like a mirror of Sean Atkins. Like in the, uh, you know, the free flowing art, you know, stylistic, you know, he's got a nice, his own, you know, he's got his own style that he adheres to. 
Um, but yeah, you know, like, yeah, I'm comparing him to Sean Atkins, so that's something. Um, that's, yeah, that's high praise. Yeah. Um, and I've always wanted those two to, two to meet, and I don't think they ever have. And I'm like, you gotta meet. Like, because you guys, you know, like, I, I can't imagine what kind of artwork they'd make together, but uh, it'd be crazy. But, um, or it'd be, it'd be, or if they, be great if they instantly hated each other and became right. more yeah. enemies. Yeah, it should also go the other way. That's what it's I rivals mean. Rivals <laughs> push each other to get farther. Yeah. <laughs> or they're the same person. That's why you never see Oh them my together. god. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that makes much that's more sense. That <laughs> it's that yeah. one. So, um, so, this guy, Brian, he has, you know, he's tinkered with the story and he, um, he pit, he kind of ran it around. He ended up getting picked up by Scout Comics, and um, they, they actually gave him a lot of nice press too, which I thought was cool. He was in previews magazine and stuff like that. Um, but his first issue just hit, uh, you know, probably a month ago, maybe, maybe less. Um, and it's this character. Well, it's the book's called Wolfborn. Um, Basically, it's this uh, loner character who uh, he's. I don't I don't know how to describe this, but it's sort of like he's on a he's on a a personal journey. But it seems almost like you're re- like when you read it, you feel like you're reading his internal, you know, journey. But mm-hmm. but it's a physical uh, manifestation of that. Like it's kind of the the way I, you know, it's uh, it's a very. Um, like, you know, do you, you ever read, like, Dawn, like, Dawn comics back in the day? Um, and there was always, there was always like, this, um, what was happening in the world was kind of happening in, in the guy, you know, like, in his, um, his relationship with Dawn and everything in that book was, <clears throat> was all very, um, personal. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. um, but this is kind of what I get from his from uh, Brian's book here is uh, uh, this guy's on a he's on a personal journey. Um, a voice called him to the deep, asking for help, and um, he's warned by a series of uh, creatures to not go into you know to not go down this road. Um, but he chooses to anyway, and um, that's it's kind of the setup of the uh, the first issue is the two. There's also a um, a happy little cat that ru- runs with him, and the cat is like I, you know, uh, talking to the creature that warned him. He's like, "Hey, at least you tried, you know." So your conscience is clear when he dies. So, so that's kind of like the the hook. Um, like, is this guy gonna make it on his uh, his personal journey? Um, so hmm. I, I really like it. It's all he also did it all in black and white, and um, you know, yeah, it's it's indie, indie hundred percent. You know, like so. yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Where did you find I, it? I, oh, where did Dan find it? Yeah, we're looking at. It. I can't find. Oh, it. okay. Oh, um, I found it on Bleeding Cool. Yeah. Um, I just typed in uh, Wolfborn comic. W U L F. <laughs> yeah, B O R N E. Yeah, but he got uh, and um, he's... I definitely see the uh, the the uh, c- uh, comparison to Sean's yeah. art, and um, 
Yeah, very oh, yeah. stylistic, very emo- you know emotionally driven kind of art. You know. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, there's something else going going on here that I can't put my finger on. Like someone yeah. else, he reminds yeah. me of like um uh, another I, indie artist. I can't I can't put my finger yeah. on it. I like it. Yeah, maybe yeah, a little pretty yeah. neat looking. Yeah. There's a little bit somewhere in the faces. There's a little bit of a Sean Murphy kind of thing, and um. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, definitely yeah. Look yep. like a dry brush. Yeah. 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 Um, he's from Altoona, I think. So, oh. yeah, out that way. And I, I met him actually at Sci-Fi in the Valley Con a few years ago. And I, but he's always at Steel City Con, and I've gotten to know him pretty well. So he's he's a good he's a good dude, good egg. <laughs> and, he, and he draws draws he draws good comics. Yeah, he does. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I want to. Do yeah, might have to. Show. We might have to get him on the show. Ah, uh, he would definitely want to do it. So, I'm not sorry if Brian's listening. Yeah, <laughs> we speak for you. <laughs> but. Get us in the back. Right back <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, but uh, yeah, check him out. So. Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, real quick, because I, I know we're out of time, and I just want to make a mention of uh. An important moment that happened in Incredible Hulk number 13. Um, the Hulk spared uh, his feelings to Banner, and he told him he loved them. Okay. I heard about that. Whoa. Yeah, that, was, yeah. Uh, that sounds like a really good run, the Immortal Hulk. It's like we were talking about the EC comics, you know, earlier in the show, mm-hmm. and that's kind of what this vibe is like with the the Hulk. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's a whole, like almost like a horror comic, but uh, yeah, um, I've a good run. I've only read the f- yeah, I've only read the first two issues because that's all that's on Marvel Unlimited. Um, but I can tell you, actually, I, I just from reading the first issue, I knew it was unlike any Hulk book I'd ever read, and I'm not even like a huge Hulk fan. Again, like I've dabbled here and there, but um, you know, I, I usually leave because it just gets a little repetitive mm-hmm. um this is unlike any hulk book i've ever this read this book is bonkers at points and it um yeah. with issue 13 it really it ends that story arc and uh it looks like 14 is gonna take maybe a new new direction i'm not sure yet because i haven't read it yet like i have it but um but this one like they they go down uh, he's immortal, so basically it doesn't matter what you do to the Hulk, he's coming back and he's probably going to kill you. Um, because he's he's way over the edge. Um, but this... They uh, they also do a, a neat thing with the whole Gamma thing, where they, they kind of create this whole Gamma-verse. Um, it's sort <laughs> of... It's sort of the, the green hell. <laughs> you know, it's like this... Uh, this lower dimension mm-hmm. that, uh, um, and they say it's controlled by the one below us all, you know, which is the opposite of the one above us all for all you yeah. Marvel, Marvel guys. Um, but yeah, it's, it's neat because it's, it's kind of, kind of like physics, kind of, there's a gamma layer, you know, gamma plane, whatever, super small. Um, <laughs> That I'm like, well, well 
you mean like a, like 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 from the Ant Man movie, like the Quantum Realm? Something yeah. Like that? There's the Gamma yeah. Realm. There's a Gamma Realm, and uh, hmm. and so they kind of treat the Hulk's uh, like uh, the Absorbing Man in the one issue is able to um, pull the Gamma out of the Hulk, which really he doesn't change back to Banner either. He just shrinks, which is he looks like uh you know like he was on some sort of diet, you know, <laughs> and uh. He's just all skin and bones, which is also a creepy Hulk. Oh, I remember seeing uh, that cover and being like, "What's going on there?" Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. There's a lot of weird stuff in this run, but then like the the finale is like the Hulk's like, "Hey man, we're gonna get out of here," um, you know, to Banner. Banner's like, he's like, "Because if, if we don't go together, we're we're gonna die." And Banner's like, "Good, because that's what I've always wanted." And Hulk finally is like, "No, I need you, man." He's like, I love you. And, yep. then, and Banner's <laughs> like, what? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, so they come back. <laughs> so I just thought it was very funny. <laughs> very touching moment. So, um, that's it for that one. Uh, F2, I'm going to make it super fast. Um I'm, I'm just going to mention this about Wonder Twins, um, since we talked about it already not long ago. Uh, never in a million years would I have suspected the second issue of Wonder Twins to discuss the, the prison industrial complex, but it does, and um, <laughs> it's really weird. It's, ta- it's tackling a pretty serious issue about how, um, you know, the, the corruption of the prison system and all this stuff and how like superheroes are just sort of capturing people and throwing them back in prison till they break out and then throw them back in and nobody's getting rehabilitated and you know all this stuff i'm like wow okay so i'm i'm totally on board for this storyline um it's weird and unexpected dude his this is uh is his first name mark uh, russell yeah mark russell yep yeah he did the snagglepuss thing which blew my fucking mind yeah and the flintstones (laughs) yeah (laughs) He's got a track record, like, of, of relevant, you know, comics. Yeah. Um, and he's the one that's, he, he's the, the band book, uh, Second Coming. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 that's right. I, the name sounds familiar. This, the, the temporarily band that's coming back. Uh, <laughs> he found a new publisher. Okay. So, oh, okay, I did yeah. hear about that one. But I was like, how do you, how do you let this, I don't care what he's writing about, it's probably relevant. Yeah. You know, like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's still a funny book. It's just, yeah, it's right. It's actually a serious issue. Right. But you're like, how did he get here? <laughs> yeah, pretty yeah. much. Um, and the second thing I just wanted to, to give a shout out to was uh, issue number two or issue number forty-two of the Unbeatable Squirrel Girl, the fiftieth issue of the Unbeatable Squirrel Girl, Ooh. because you know volume renumbering. Um, I'm really surprised that this book's lasted this long, and I'm very happy that it has. Uh, I, I've been a Squirrel Girl fan since uh, Great Lakes Avengers, and Nick Marino lent me his books, and well, he gave me his books, uh, and I checked them out, and I was, fell in love with the character, and uh, yeah, I'm 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 just amazed that that uh, it's become so successful. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, they had a it was a big big anniversary issue with uh, all three artists and uh, the same writer that they've had since the start uh, doing this like Kang the Conqueror storyline where each artist did a different timeline so you had 
old man scroll girl or old woman scroll girl um <laughs> like her as a kid uh when she first got her power and then uh present day scroll girl and it was really neat it was a lot of fun cool um well i'm gonna uh close things up with uh with my own quick quick hit for um Cosmic Ghost Rider destroys Marvel history, number one. Um, I, ha- I had a lot of fun with the original Cosmic Ghost Rider miniseries. I'm thrilled that he found his way into the pages of the new Guardians yep. of the Galaxy. And um, so this Cosmic uh, this Cosmic Ghost Rider destroys Marvel history kind of picks up after the original miniseries. Um, he's trapped in the past on Earth. And he, you know, vows to stay out of the way, but then, you know, he uh, he finds himself witnessing the birth of the Fantastic Four, and he kind of decides, I'm going to have a little fun, yeah. and wackiness ensues. Um, it gets a little um, wordy at some <laughs> points, and I think that's because um, one of the writers is not a traditional comic book writer, it's uh Actor slash comedian Paul Shear. Um, oh, he's okay. actually uh, yeah, co- co- he uh, yeah. co-writes this. Um, Let me ask you a question, Dan, before we go any further. Um, the book yes, uses it, it frames these uh, this revisionist history, like old man Frank goes back to his family's house the day before they're murdered in the park. And so he's like playing right. with his young son, under right. he tells him that he's like Uncle Uncle Fredo, like Frank's long lost uncle. Yeah. And yes. So when I was reading, like how Cosmic Ghost Rider here was like dead pulling his way through this stuff. Yes. I kind of uh, read it more as if he's just making up a story to tell the kid, rather than yeah. Being there. Right. Well, I think you know. He has he has cosmic knowledge, so yeah, he can he knows everything, so he can just make shit up. Yeah, I, I think part of it is one way, but then in like the actual like what we see of the story, like it goes a little different way, and he's like the butt of the story. So it could go either way, but like I was kind of reading it as if he's just telling the tale, just kind of having fun, just making yeah, making shit up as he goes. Um, yeah, I, like you said, it could go either way. I, um, you know, it, it, the the last page when the like the watcher shows up kind of makes me think like maybe he is actually meddling in things because like maybe the watcher's there to Just say to like sit. yeah, what are you doing? Battery's there, but who knows? Family's house the day before. Oh yeah, that's See, true. So that could be. It's high art. It's open to. <laughs> it is. It is high art. Um, the one thing that's just is it, hilarious is that uh, how much contempt that he has for the Silver Surfer. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he, he makes the Silver Surfer look bad at every turn. Yeah, no, that was so hilarious. I thought, I thought that was kind of funny. Um, yeah, like art-wise, I'm fifty. You know, I'm like fifty-fifty on. I was like, ah, I could go either way. Not like my favorite yeah. style. It's like a, it's like a Umberto Ramos yeah, kind of. I, I love that stuff, and that style was the deciding factor whether to pumped out cash money for it or not yeah i for me it's it could be anything it could be like 
it could depend on my mood for that day. I don't know. Sometimes I'm into it. Sometimes I'm not. Um, anyway, um, I had fun with it. I'll probably keep keep reading this because next issue seems to be. I like the character. Yeah, I, pl- I plan on sticking with it. Yeah. Yeah, and it's sometimes it's just it, it's fun just to just to you know for, for these companies to poke fun oh, at themselves sure. just to make you know just you know it shows that they they still have a sense of humor that they don't take things too seriously. It's it's interesting because uh, Jer- Jerry Duggan or Dugan I don't know how to pronounce his last name uh, when he did the Deadpool uh, filler issues he would just kind of do like in- fake inventory issues where Deadpool was in you know wherever various uh, flashback scenes it kind of reminds me a lot of that where it's just like this weird retelling of uh, Marvel history mm-hmm. um, but yeah those were fantastic and this is really good too I plan on sticking with it as well and I, I, I appreciate that they explained why he's in the Marvel Universe proper because I didn't really get that from the end of the, the initial Cosmic Ghost Rider book that he you know stuck around Right. Yeah, I I had forgotten that because it it had been so long since I had read the original mm-hmm. miniseries. Um, yeah, I totally forgot about that. And and I I did like the um in the the beginning the, like the how they did just the the one page recap yes. of how he went from Punisher to Ghost Rider to Herald yeah. of Galactus to like he's you know he's like checking off all the boxes like I've done all this stuff. Yeah. You know, it's like, I've had every job in the Marvel Universe. Yes, it's a, it's a character. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I'm a, I'm glad he's sticking around. He's he's a lot of fun for as weird of a concept as it is. <laughs> yeah, he really has resonated with the majority of fans. I feel like you know, for what might have just been a a goofy throwaway concept. You know, is really struck mm-hmm. a chord with a lot of I people. I have a theory that Marvel wanted a Deadpool as character that they, they could exploit without having to cut checks to Rob Liger each month. <laughs> <laughs> I I would not disagree with that. Yep, that makes a lot of sense. So, um, anyone have anything else before we uh, close it up? That is all. That's, that's all I got. Negative. Okay. Excellent. All right. So thanks again for listening. This has been episode 306 of the Comic Book Pit podcast. I'm Dan. I'm Jared. And I'm Link. And we'll see you next time. We nailed it, man. Let's